This is the Garden School Podcast. Garden School Podcast. We're back. I celebrate myself and sing myself and what I assume you shall assume. For every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease observing a spear of summer grass. My tongue Every atom of my blood formed from this soil, this air, born here of parents born here, from parents the same, and their parents the same. I, now 37 years old and perfect health begin, hoping to cease, not till death. Creeds and schools in abeyance, retiring back a while, suffice that what they are, but never forgotten. I harbor for good or bad, I permit to speak at every hazard, nature without check, with original energy. Houses and rooms are full of perfumes, the shelves are crowded with perfumes. I breathe the fragrance myself and know it and like it. The distillation would intoxicate me also, but I shall not let it. The atmosphere is not a perfume. It has no taste of distillation. It is odorless. It is my mouth forever, and I am in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undisguised and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. The smoke of my own breath, echoes, ripples, buzzed whispers, love root, silk thread, crotch and vine. My respiration and inspiration, the beating of my heart, the passing of blood and air through my lungs, the sniff of green leaves and dry leaves, and of the shore and dark-colored sea rocks and of hay in the barn, the sound of the belched words of my voice loosed to the eddies of the wind, a few light kisses, a few embraces, a reaching round of arms, the play of shine and shade on the trees as the supple bows wag, the delight alone or in the rush of the streets, or along the fields and hillsides, the feeling of health, the full noon trill 
the song of me rising from bed and meeting the sun. Have you reckoned a thousand acres much? Have you reckoned the earth much? Have you practiced so long to learn to read? Have you felt so proud to get at the meeting of poems? Stop this day and night with me, and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters and books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself. child said, what is the grass? Fetching it to me with full hands. How could I answer the child? I do not know what it is any more than he. I guess it must be the flag of my disposition out of hopeful green stuff woven. Or I guess it is the handkerchief of the Lord, a scented gift and remembrancer designedly dropped, bearing the owner's name some way far in the corners, that we may see and remark and say, Whose? Or I guess the grass is itself a child, the produced babe of the vegetation. Or I guess it is a uniform hieroglyphic, and it means sprouting alike in broad zones and narrow zones, growing among the black folks as among the white. Canuck, Tuggahoe, Congressman, or Cuff, I give them the same, I receive them the same. And now it seems to me to be the beautiful uncut hair of graves. Tenderly will I use you, curling grass. It may be you transpire from the breasts of young men. It may be if I had known them, I would have loved them. It may be you were from old people or from offspring taken soon out of their mother's laps. And here you are, the mother's laps. This grass is very dark to be from the white heads of old mothers, darker than the colorless beards of old men, dark to come from under the faint red roofs of mouths. Oh, I perceive, after all, so many uttering tongues, and I perceive they do not come from the roofs of mouths for nothing. I wish I could translate the hints about the dead young men and women, and the hints about old men and mothers, and the offspring taken soon out of their laps. What do you think has become of the young and old men? And what do you think has become of the women and children? They are alive and well somewhere. The smallest sprout shows there really is no death. And if there ever, it, if there ever was, it led forward life and does not wait at the end to arrest it and ceased the moment life appeared. All goes onward and outward. Nothing collapses and to die is different from what anyone supposed, and luckier. To be in any form, what is that? Round and round we go, all of us, and ever come back hither. If nothing lay more developed than the quahog and its callous shell, were enough. Mine is no callous shell. I have instant conductors all over me whether I pass or stop. 
They seize every object and lead it harmlessly through me. I merely stir, press, feel with my fingers, and and am happy. To touch my person to someone else's is about as much as I can stand. There is that in me. I don't know what it is, but I know it's in me. Wrenched and sweaty, calm and cool, then my body comes. I sleep. I sleep long. I do not know it. It is without name. It is a word unsaid. It's not in any dictionary, utterance, or symbol. Something it swings on more than the earth I swing on. To it, the creation is the friend whose embracing awakes me. Perhaps I might tell more. Outlines. I plead for my brothers and sisters. Do you see, oh my brothers and sisters? It is not chaos or death. It is form, union, plan. It is eternal life. It is happiness. The past and present wilt. I have filled them and emptied them and proceed to fill my next fold of the future. Listener up there, what have you to confide to me? Look in my face while I snuff the siddle of evening. Talk honestly. No one hears you, and I'll only stay a minute longer. Do I contradict myself? Very well, then. I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. I concentrate toward them that are nigh. I wait on the door slab. Who has done his day's work? Who will soonest be through with his supper? Who wishes to walk with me? Will you speak before I am gone? Will you prove already too late? The spotted hawk swoops by and accuses me. He complains of my gab and my loitering. I too am not a bit tamed, and I too am untranslatable. I sound my barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world. The last scud of day holds back for me. It flings my likeness after the rest and true as any on the shadowed wilds. It coaxes me to the vapor and the dusk. I depart as air. I shake my white locks at the runaway sun. I effuse my flesh in the eddies and drift in its icy jags. I bequeath myself to the dirt to grow from the grass that I love. If you want me again, look for me under your boot soles. You will hardly know who I am or what I mean, but I shall be good health to you nevertheless and filter and fiber your blood. Failing to fetch me at first, keep encouraged. Missing me one place, search another. I stop somewhere, waiting for you. Welcome back to the Garden School Podcast, where we're not afraid to start over. Endings, beginnings... They've always confused a gardener like me. For every direction has always seemed to me an equal possibility. There's always something growing and dying in my garden. 
And since the best soil is made from the flesh of dead things, we've gone ahead here at the garden school and clipped away the very best buds from the rose bushes and taken the trees out from their roots. Sometimes it's important to know when your plot of land will soon grow sterile and then take the action necessary to go somewhere and start all over again. So we're moving south towards the salty air and the citrus groves. Perhaps now, more than ever, the most important thing is the sun. This could easy, easily be a metaphor for Christ. Spiritual health is as important as one's physical health, and I can't help but feel a strange sense of fate in how the life of our country has recently been playing out. I can't help but see the, see the signs of yet another apocalypse. We're taking to the streets, no more social distancing, and we're toppling statues, and some rightfully so. But what's the cost? More importantly, what's the plan? Slogans are not a path or a real plan forward, quite the opposite. The slogans we put out become comfortable little cushions in our heads. No critical thinking required. Just spew this and bam, you're a revolutionary. But don't ever forget that critical thinking means confronting ideas that feel right. As potentially being wrong. But right now I'm more interested in the individual. What a composite of disparate things it truly is. How unlikely, fragile, and miraculous it is that we exist at all. So much of life seems to be thrown at each one of us. How often do you actually feel like the one who's making the moves? There's too many cliches in our modern aphorisms about life being a game. Somewhere it's said that life is a chess game, and the average Joe like you or, you or me is merely a pawn. And this is one of the reasons why young people are out in the streets today. We could argue about the politics of certain movements, but the truth as I see it is that there are definitely some very clear failures on the part of our culture. And so a reckoning is upon us. Late stage capitalism has left us with a gig culture. We've atomized every aspect of our lives to such a small speck of reality that we've really lost the entire complex story that capital R reality always and forever will be. Every joy, every fear, every love and every death now becomes a tagline, a picture. Even our most passionate pleas for political change get reduced into slogans that are rhetorical versions of a suplex. My grandpa Marvin liked to take me to the casino with him when I was younger. He'd put on a hat that had a fake ponytail in the back, and we'd go and I'd watch him play poker and smoke all day. He eventually lost everything he ever worked for gambling, but he also won big, really big. He told me once as we drove to the casino one random day that life is kind of like a card game. And the goal was to play the best you could with the hand you've been dealt. This kind of Joe Pesci philosophy may get laughed at these days. But there's really not much more reconciliation with the harshest realities of biological life on Earth. Life really is a bitch. 
and then you do die. Can't there be some fun in between? We'll resist all attempts at over-politicizing this episode. I'll try in the old humanist tradition of Matthew Arnold to let this art form stay completely devoid of politics and remain purely artistic in its pursuits. Some listeners out there might call that privilege, but all hard work is followed by a Sabbath. And if one chooses an artistic pursuit on one's day off, who should judge me for that? So I'm all in here at the Garden School Podcast. I put the whole house on the table and I've gambled it all away. That's how strongly I feel about the future. Because even though everything chaotic is going on right now, it seems now, more than ever, in recent history, that everything seems possible. Good or bad. The fate of America hangs in the balance. But it also seems as if a portal has opened up. Maybe not just in our country, but in time itself. A hard look back at history shows us that moments like these seem to rear their little heads up through the surface of stable society every so often. What comes out on the other end could be incredible, like the music of the 60s, or our worst nightmare, like the music of the 80s. But I'll settle gladly for something in the middle. The current alliances out there seem to me to be a failure. Any movement claiming to represent systemic change and then partnering with Bank of America or Amazon seems to me to be a little suspect. Systemic change is not hiring more people of color on the board of Bank of America or a certain amount of Asian American women on the editorial board of the New York Times. That's putting a tuxedo on a shit sandwich and calling it tacos. And cancel culture, that ideological barbarian horde, they worship at the altar of their own social media avatars while turning their own abject narcissism and desire for power into petty grievances backed by academic sounding language so they can turn themselves from a victim to a hero as they unfold their drama in a series of early morning tweets. These people expect confession without the possibility of redemption. They are the new lynch mob. And that is not hyperbolic language. They're the new bigots. There's nothing more un-American than that behavior. We need to turn down the volume on their microphones. Let's not forget that Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were both very weary of the wealthy white liberal. These white liberals have never spent time around the people of color they so voraciously claim to ally. And they never will. They don't want to. They live sterile lives, devoid of passion, devoid of any real struggle or connection to working class culture and or the experiences of immigrant populations. They project the face of an ally because it's incredibly low stakes for them to do so. Especially these days. What's a few friends deleted from Instagram? All in the name of progress, right? Let us not forget that real alliances are built through collective effort and true collaboration. Not submission. Not collective guilt. 
not sweeping moral indictments on imagined homogenous groups. That's exactly what racism is. Alliance is hybridity. And creativity is the essential element in this process. Alliance is something like the slave spiritual. A fusion of Christian hymns with West African traditions. Alliance is the blues. A mixture of Appalachian bluegrass with the soul-wrenching sadness of slave life in the Jim Crow South. Alliance is jazz. Collaborations between Max Roach, Charles Mingus, Benny Goodman. Real fusions of white and black culture. Alliances create something new and better. Alliances fusion. It's remembering and recollecting and then bringing forth. If you want to know your neighbor, then learn about them. And then be able to joke with them. And then lastly and most importantly, be able to disagree with them. We have done wrong in the past. We still do. But at every moment, we strive to be better. We've also done great in the past. And we still do now. We still have a flicker of greatness within us. Maybe we can reach into the rich religious traditions of our country. Something like the Baptist movement, for example, with its emphasis and energy on joy and the embodiment of the spirit. Why not become mystics and cover our heads with sand and eat locusts and honey and proclaim a new world is coming? Now is the time to reimagine the past traditions that got us here. They're not all bad. Some of them are even great. Due process, freedom of speech, the ability to disagree with your neighbor, the right to bear arms. If we erase these, we erase our memory, and there is nothing more depressing than a man that can't recognize himself. Walt Whitman was comfortable with this contradiction and complexity. He was the spirit of America, shapeless and shifting, but also something completely whole and ever-growing. Abraham Lincoln was also comfortable with this complexity. He defended the Union on the fundamental belief that all men were endowed with certain inalienable rights, even with the contradictions of his day. He risked everything for an abstract idea, something not seen by most at that time. Again, at every moment when we're bad, we're striving towards an ultimate good. And if we can't remember that what makes humans so incredible is that we constantly strive to be better, then we're lost forever. And if I contradict myself, very well then, I am large and I contain multitudes. Peace. And thanks for listening. And don't forget to like and subscribe if you're a fan of the podcast. And if you're a real fan, become a member of the Patreon page at the Garden School Podcast.